0: Well, I think today is going to be a pretty pivotal day in this franchise's history. It's going to be some stuff that's about to go down that is going to change the trajectory of this franchise um, for a very long time. So that's coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Friday edition of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodies. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, follow the shows, Twitter, and Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available. On all platforms, this is the final episode of the regular season. I got to admit, this is feels very weird. Uh, six months worth of offseason content was not on the agenda for this season. I thought for sure they'd be a playoff team. I thought for sure they'd maybe even come close to winning a round. Did not think I'd be sitting here today talking about a GM firing coming, president of Hockey Ops firing coming, this team missing the playoffs by a single point at the end of the day. That's all it took. They missed it by a point. Probably too without the tiebreaker. They missed it by one win. And yeah, <clears throat> feels very weird to be doing this right now. But um, <clears throat> let's jump right into it. I reported via my Twitter right before the game against the Blue Jackets that I had heard some whispers that the Ron Hextall firing could come as early as Friday. And I've gotten that confirmed by a couple of other people. You know, I'll I keep saying this. I'm not Elliot Friedman. I'm not Bob McKenzie. I'm not Pierre Lebrun. I'm not Darren Dregger. I will never be one of those insider people who have that many connections. What I do have, though, is some connections in this city and around the team who are a bit closer and more around the team than I am that I can go to and where I can get some scoops for you all. And I have heard that Ron Hextall is done. The announcement should come as early as Friday. If it's not Friday, please do not shoot the messenger. It's Potentially shortly after that. But I have heard it is coming. He is cooked. He's not going to be this team's general manager next season. I've also heard that Brian Burke is likely on his way out as well. This team will need a new GM and a new president of hockey operations. And not a moment too soon. Ron Hexall's tenure has been a disaster. A complete and utter freaking disaster. Every move virtually that he has made has gone to crap and is going to set this franchise back for a number of years. I still think this team can be good next year if the right moves are made and the right person comes in to make those moves this summer. But it's going to be tough with some of those contracts that this new GM will have, like Jeff Petrie, like Mikhail Granlund, like Jeff Carter for another year. That's just three off the top of my head. The Jan Bruda one as well, kind of, if you want to argue that. It's tough out there. It It is. And, oh, usually I'm not yawning when I do a podcast even late. But, you know, I, I feel for whoever's gonna come in. We'll have more on that in just a little bit. But, from what I've heard, the firing could come as early as Friday, potentially even as early as when you wake up in the morning. Well, if you wake up at 6 or 7, maybe not. But maybe, you know, 10, 11 a.m. after that, maybe, uh, you know, this team will have a new general manager next season. I, I would be stunned if they didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, and again, this, this team deserves new management. These guys were not getting it done. You know, I, I think Brian Burke is a wonderful human. He's obviously done, you know, so much for, you know, growing the game with the pride nights with the LGBTQ community. And he just seems like a wonderful person to be around from, Stories I've heard from people who've been around him. And, you know, he hosts all these, like, I think these Penguin, you know, fundraisers and stuff. But in terms of, like, on the ice stuff, I don't really know what he did. I don't. I, 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 I'm I serious. <laughs> I really do not know what he did to help out, you know, filling out the roster. I think he just let Hextall do his thing, and I don't think he ever decided to step in, which is weird. Uh, you know, if I hear anything on, on on Burke with what he did, I would obviously pass it along to you all. But I, I have no idea. I don't think really anyone knows, um, <clears throat> to be honest. But you know, this is not a moment too soon. This Penguins team needs new leadership. They need someone to come in here with progressive, forward thinking, who uses analytics and the eye test, and someone who just doesn't go off their gut and tries to acquire players who were good four to five years ago, like Ron Hextall. Outside of bringing back the core and uh, um, trading for and signing Raquel back, I can't think of a move that he made that was good. The original Jeff Her Carter trade, I will say, was pretty good. I guess if you want to throw that in there, but the extension was obviously crap. Other than that, everything else he has done has been dog water. Take your pick. You know, I mean, maybe getting Ryan Paling in the Petru trade, in the, in the Matheson trade, okay. But you still gave up Mike Matheson. You know, Josh Archibald didn't really do anything, and he was pretty banged up this season anyway. He keeps sticking with the same goaltending tandem. He screwed around with the defense when, you know, I don't really think they got better defensively this season. And he had one of the worst bottom sixes, if not the worst bottom six in hockey this season. The Penguins' bottom six this season were outscored by 21 goals when they were on the ice. When Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's lines were not on the ice for the Penguins this season, Penguins only scored 49 goals. The opposition? 70 goals. Minus 21 goal differential. That is the second worst goal differential when the the two big guns are not on the ice since 2007-2008. The only year that was worse was 2013-14 and that team almost went to the Eastern Conference final. That's just how good Sid and Gino were that year. Remember that year, guys? Marcel Gotch. You got Lee Stefaniak. Lee, Lee Stefaniak. And Brandon Sutter. Joe Vitale. Craig Adams. Tanner Glass. All those dudes, Brian Gibbons, bottom six was dreadful. This one's pretty close. He failed in epic proportions, and his firing can't come soon enough. And it's it's gonna be very soon. It's a very deserved parting of ways. This team needs. A progressive forward-thinking general manager, and I think Fenway Sports Group is going to prioritize that, especially with what Elliot Friedman said on the Jeff Merrick today. He's reporting that the penguins really want to fill out their um, analytics staff. He said it's it's coming. Um and he said that with Fenway's history as well, um, this move is gonna come very quickly with what they decided to do with the front office. And we already know what's gonna happen there. But you know, filling out the analytics staff, getting someone in there who actually uses analytics, you know, along with their eye test will be good because. No GM that uses analytics or any kind of numbers would have made those deadline deals this year and acquired Mikhail Granlin and Dmitry Kulikov. I mean, those two players have terrible numbers and they were just, they have, they were not good fits. Oh, to end the season, one goal in 21 games from Mikhail Granlin. Dmitry Kulikov played in three games. Nick Manino, I, I, I'm not going to say a bad word about him because his, his was more also bad luck than the kidney. Poor guy played in two games. <laughs> He's probably not coming back. I I feel bad for him. But no serious GM, you know, makes most of those deadline deals. And honestly, in Ron Hextel is probably not going to get another GM job, and nor should he. He destroyed two teams in the state of Pennsylvania. Maybe he works well as an assistant or something like that, but as someone running the show, uh, it – It does not work at all. It just doesn't. So um, I expect this news to come quickly. I expect it to happen on Friday. If it doesn't, again, don't shoot the messenger. It's just what I've heard. Um, If it does not happen on Friday, it's going to come quickly after that. They're not going to waste much time here. They want someone to come in here quickly. They need to do their research. You know, Fenway, this is their first time getting into hockey. They're going to have to See who they want to get. I I heard a rumor who they want to go. There's one person who I know they want to go after really badly. I'm not going to say it just yet. The team is in the playoffs right now. That's your only hint. The team that this person works for is in the playoffs. I'll leave that with you all. But yeah, deserve firing. That's how I'm going to end this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Of course, we're going to discuss that very lousy game that the Penguins and the Blue Jackets played and why the Blue Jackets maybe just screwed themselves um, by winning that game. But before we get into that, we do have to discuss After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's run. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. All the shows, Twitter, and Russell Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So, this game—a very lousy, very boring game to watch. You know, I would have rather watched my, my water for, boil for pasta. You could tell that the players were so checked out; they were gutted by what happened against Chicago. You know, they were looking like they're on track to win this game and go out on at least a little bit of a happy note, and then another third period blown lead. The Penguins. Cough up a 2-1 to lead that they got early in the third period, thanks to Jake Gensel's 36th goal. He had a season with 36, 14 shy of what I predicted this season. I thought he would score for 50. I will take the L on that. But, you know, Jackets get a power play late in the third period, and Penguins PK, which has been awful all year, comes up again with another big one. Uh, Emil Benstrom scores with 325 left in the game to tie it 2-2. Before, who else, but Johnny Goudreau comes in to Win the game in overtime a little over a minute, and after the Penguins had a good chunk of zone time, they went for a terrible line change. Chris is hanging today, one, two, three, Cancun, as you know, a lot of people like to call it, where he's just like, All right, see ya. I'm going on vacation. Just decided to go with the vibes there, <laughs> to be honest. And Johnny Goodrow comes in on our breakaway, and that was a very thinning goal for Tristan Jari to allow because you know he just hasn't been good all season. More on that, just a bit, but. Um, this game stunk. I was so bored watching it. You could tell both teams didn't really want to be there. I couldn't care less if the Penguins won that game. Um, they didn't play well. The Jackets didn't play well. Uh, nice to see Chris Letang get on the board. That's another 40-point season for him. Uh, speaking of Tanger, you know, he had some really you know, tough things to say after the um, just after the game so if I can find um, this tweet here, yeah, this has comes from Angie Carducci, and he and he Chris Chris Tang said, this year was really tough, especially on the personal side. I was never really able to get into a groove or mentally be or totally be there, if I can say it like that. I'm just going to try to go away and try to clear my head. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to tear up, uh, you know, give a soul. Um, it's it's obvious that you know his father dying really, paid, you know, weighed a lot on him. I think it would on anyone, to be honest. I mean, you lose one of the biggest influential people in your life. You know, you're going to sometimes have a dip in play. You know, remember what happened with Matt Murray when he was here. He, His father was his best friend, too. You know, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that. You know, that was like, oh, the, the down spiral of his career or anything like that. No, no, no. I was just saying, you know, when that happened, you know, his play looked like it suffered as well. At least for a, a time before he, he found his game a little bit again. But, you know, between that for Tanger with his father unfortunately passing away and the stroke and the injuries, um, well, at least the one injury that he had, he just wasn't able to fully be consistent for an 82-game season. I thought after coming back from his dad passing in the injury, for the most part he was pretty good. People will tell you that he's a minus player. I don't – I couldn't care less about plus-minus, guys. Like, I think it's the most useless stat in all hockey. Uh, if you want to sign me at other stats, I will surely listen to them. But I thought Latang was fine. I, I don't know what – I think people just hold him on such a high pedal stool. Because, you know, obviously he's a core player. But, you know, the guy's also 36 now. He's not – this is not 2016 level, Chris Latang, which is fine. You know, you don't need him to be. Um, I still thought he had mostly had a pretty good year. Him and Marcus Patterson were the two best defensemen on this team. It wasn't even close. And you saw that with Patterson coming back tonight. They missed him, man. Just watching him break the puck out of the zone, watching him defend in his own zone, the board battles from him offensively, you know, getting shots to the net and getting shoot, creating shooting lanes. He was awesome all year. You could really tell they missed him these last few weeks. I think if he's healthy, they maybe win one of those other games. He's, he's that important and, you know, God willing, he stays for a long time because, you know, I think he proved a lot of people wrong this season. Um, So, again, yeah, there's that. There's Crystal Tang. You know, we'll get into Tristan Jari here. Thought he was fine tonight, but, you know, he did confirm finally that he was dealing with multiple injuries all season. I've been telling you guys it was a groin. I've also heard it was his back. And I've been pushing the conspiracy theory. Well, not really conspiracy theory. Just a regular theory that he's been having a shot in his back. Which, you know, his movement was looking better at times. But other times, it also was just not as good. Um, You could tell that he was hurt all year. And this is going to be really curious to see what the Penguins do about this this summer. Do they give him a shorter term deal? Do they somehow give him a long term deal? I don't think so. Do they get a new starter in there? Do they revamp the entire goaltending tandem? We'll have to see. That is a big question mark for me. If it's up to me, I probably don't bring him back and I try to start fresh. I know people are going to come at me and say, well, Hunter, what about, you know, the goaltending market? It's not that good for free agency. You're right. It's not. Freddie Anderson's probably the best one out there. There's on Varlamov too. Some of those guys are a bit older. But, you know, Jeremy Swayman's right there. If you want to try to offer sheet him, you see Soros If national wants to blow it up, there's John Gibson on the trade market, though that contract's pretty bad. You know, they would have, they will have options, but for, I mean, for at least for this new management team, you I know, mean, assuming that there is one, which I, of course we, we all think there will be. I just don't see how you can bring this entire tandem back. And that goes for Dismith as well. I know he's resigned for another year, which, again, was ridiculous as well. But I just don't see a way this, you know, at least half of this tandem, if not the full tandem, should come back. Uh, and speaking of that, the fact that Jari confirmed that he's been hurt all year, especially down the stretch, and Hextall still didn't do anything about the position at the deadline, what the hell? Like, that—that that is just terrible GMing. But Dustin is gonna come up here and save the day for you? I mean, we all saw what happened last year when they had to play with Louis Domingue for almost the entire series. That's ridiculous. I just don't know how you don't go out and at least get a veteran backup or a 1B goalie to help out your starter. Hell, if they maybe do that, they they're maybe in the playoffs right now if they had better goaltending. Just mind-numbing's mind-numbingly stupidity from the general manager. I, I don't get that at all. It's very weird to me. Uh just okay. Like, I should have been higher on your uh, higher on their priority list. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, overall, this game really doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. The Blue Jackets win and they don't even have the best laws at Connor Bedard. I will take that any day of the week. And, you know, Jason Zucker did see what he said. He said, we'd very much like to remain a, a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look, look, I'm open to bringing him back, but I don't think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. You know, if he wants five times five, he can go find that somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think if you can get him back on a two to three-year term, maybe get a little bit of a pay cut, but I don't know if he's going to want one because he had a really good year this year. I would entertain it, but you know, it's going to be really tough to bring him back. That's, that's the one I really don't know which way it's going to go until we see, you know, you know, assuming a new management staff comes in um, until we see that new staff come in. Um, Cause you know, obviously these two people are not going to have any loyalty to these players. Um, that's going to be one I'm really in, in, intrigued to see about. You know, because I can make a case for him to come back on a shorter term deal. I can also make a case for him to leave, especially if he wants a longer-term deal. So, um, we'll have to see when it comes to that. Overall, though, you know this game really meant nothing. Um, I don't really have much to say about it, to be honest. You know, again, it was great to see Latane get on the score sheet. Jake Gensel ends the season with 36 goals. Sidney Crosby gets two assists. He finishes the season with 93.7 away from 100. I don't know about you. That's pretty good if you are a 35 year old center. But that will do it for the small game recap here. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into you know just how active I expect the Penguins to be this off season. Why I really do think you know the keys to getting this team back on track are there for next season. Why this team definitely can be a playoff team next year. It's coming up right after this commercial break. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So, obviously, with the season being over, which is very unfortunate, we you now we're shifting our gears to the offseason. And, you know, I do think this team is going to be very active. I don't know how many roster changes there's going to be. I would assume a decent amount. I don't think they're going to blow it up. Again, that means, you know, if you're asking me, since days, Genius days, Latang stays, Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel, Marcus Patterson. Uh, Yeah, I think those are my six core players. <laughs> Brian Russ probably is going to stay, but I would maybe be open to trading him if he continues to have some that kind of years. But those are my six guys right there. You know, those are my core players right now. Everyone else, I would be listening I would at least listen on trade-wise um, or fantasy-wise. But I, I expect there to be some decent big changes. The Penguins have to revamp their bottom six. As I said earlier, they when Crosby and Malkin were not on the ice this season, they were outscored by 21 goals. That's the second worst mark since the 2007-2008 season. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's not. That's pathetic. Uh, you know, Outside of maybe Ryan Paling and Drew O'Connor, I think this team needs four new bottom six forwards. I don't know how you're going to come. I don't know how you're going to do that because Carter still has a year left on his contract. Granlin still has two more years. But uh, I did see something today where a buyout for Granlin does make sense. I'm going to find the tweet. I believe it was... Let me make sure here. Um, I believe it was Adam Gretz that had it. Um that had the – I'm just trying to make sure I get this right. The tweet. Uh, I think – I thought it was him. Someone had the someone had the numbers uh, for the buyout. Um, actually, no. I think it's – no. I know who it was. It wasn't Adam Retz. I believe it was Kim Clarkie who was part of Penguins Twitter. I'm just trying to find this real quick. But, yeah, if, if you buy out Greenland this summer – um, the dead cap is 833k uh, for this season and then the next few seasons jump out it jumps up to 1.8 um uh, jack johnson there's only three more left of his, like, three more years left of his buyout 916k um you would only have 1.75 in buyouts this off season next year next couple of years it jumps up to 2.75 and then the year after that to 1.83 um it's honestly not that bad i would very much consider buying alkat it's not a fit in this system. One goal in 21 games. And that goal came in garbage time against the Flyers. You take that away. Obviously zero goals. He just doesn't fit the system. Uh, doesn't really do much of anything. Even his passing ability, I thought was very piss poor when he was here. That's the one thing that a lot of people thought he was going to be fine at. Just wasn't, you know, including myself, I thought he was going to be a fine passer, but he just wasn't. Um, I think he can go. If you can find a way to get Carter to somehow retire, that would obviously be big, but I don't expect that to happen. I don't think they're going to trade him anyway. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, there's those two. Ryan Paling, maybe if you want us to stick around. He's a restricted free agent. I'll be curious to see what they do with him. Drew O'Connor, I'm fine with him, but he had a little struggled a little bit down the stretch. Um, Josh Archibald, he can walk. Dan Heinen can walk. Nick Benino, obviously he's probably going to be gone too. But I think this team needs at least four new bottom six forwards next season. It's going to be very tough to come by, but they need much better depth scoring than what they got. It is not good enough. Goaltending—if this team gets average goaltending, they should be fine next season. You know, I would love to offer Shea Jeremy Swayman. That's a pipe dream. I would love to trade for a good goalie like UC Sorrow something like that. But you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to get you know to break up this team because it's not good enough. It's just not. Defensively, they got to figure out a couple things as well. It's not a good defensive team. Brian Jimlin's obviously going to be walking. Got to find a replacement for him. If it's not Ty Smith, who is it? Do you trade for someone? Do you go out on the open market? You know, Does Jeff Petrie stay? I don't really think he was that good for this season. He still has a couple more years left on that contract. Makes $6.25 million. Pat's a tough call. Crystal Tang's not going anywhere. Jan Ruda, I expect to stay. Marcus Patterson, you're not trading. Uh, P.O. Joseph, I don't think, is going anywhere, but they need to make a couple changes. They need to, I think they need a true top four left-handed defenseman. That's one of my big goals this offseason. We'll get into that once we get closer to free agency. But one of my big goals is acquiring a, another top four defenseman that can play either above or below Marcus Patterson. Outside of him on the left side, there is no one there. Ty Smith, fine player. He's not going to be a top pairing defenseman, people. Just <laughs> not it. Um, po Joseph, fine defenseman. He's not going to be a top pairing guy. That's one of my biggest needs this off season. Um, I I think I would all I you know I would change out the assistant coaches. I know they just got extensions last off season, but not good enough job from them. Tar Reardon didn't do anything on the power play? Mike Felucci's penalty kill stunk. I would move on from both of them. I would I would. I think Mike Sullivan's going to stay from what I've heard, but I think it's going to be on a shorter leash. If his team gets off to a bad start next season, I would not be surprised if he's let go. And I also think he's going to stay because the coaching candidate pool this off season is really bad. There's really no one out there that's better than him. Now, if you were to, if you were to have last year's coaching up candidate pool for this off season, then I would say there's a, maybe a decent case that you could um, let him go. But right now, no. No, 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 no. All right, discuss Jason Zucker. But, you know, the bones for this team are there. The core is still very good. Top six is awesome. You have a number one defenseman. You have Marcus Pedersen. The makings of a good team are there. You know, you have guys signed at great cap hits. It's a matter of can you get out of some of these bad deals and can you acquire better players at good cap hits to help out the core to make this team back into at least a playoff team, if not a small contender. Because they easily could have done that this offseason going into this year. They decided not to because they were really bad at their jobs. But I still think the makings for a good team are there. And hopefully, with the right hires, the next regime is able to come in here and really help out the court because I would love to see one more run from these guys. They're not just going to sign here to miss the playoffs, they're gutted for good reason. These guys aren't used to this. They're used to playing playoff hockey. And I think they're going to get this turned around. Uh, I mean, I pride myself on being pretty optimistic. I think it's very hard. It would be very hard, excuse me, to be a worse GM than Hextall. So I guess that's why I'm a little more optimistic than maybe some other people are. But see what happens. This is going to be a very busy offseason. It's going to be chaotic. I'm just super thankful that this ridiculous season is at its end. I'm exhausted, people. I am utterly exhausted. That was probably the most challenging season I've ever had to cover. But from the bottom of my heart, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening slash watching to another season of this show. You all are the reason I do this. I say that from the bottom of my heart. You all are the reason I do this. Record-breaking numbers again this year. We hit over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. My following on, you know, especially on Twitter and just the show in general has skyrocketed through the last year. You all are the best. So thank you again for engaging and supporting my content. It's not gonna stop there. We're gonna have plenty of off-season stuff to come. Free agent wish list, trade wish list. Draft stuff, firings most likely very soon, GM candidates, assuming all that. You guys, you guys got to keep it right here on Locked on Penguins. I'm not going anywhere. Trust me. Thank you all so much for another great season. I'll talk with you all again on Monday when we start when we kick off the offseason edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Talk to you all then. Have a wonderful weekend. I promise you all better times are ahead for this franchise. I promise you that.